I still like it, miss it tremendously. Um, you know, it's, it's, yeah, that pain never goes away. Um, you just learn to live with it and deal with it. Um, but it never leaves you. You know, every morning I wake up, um, you know, the first thing I want to do is go outside and, and see what the weather's doing and, and you know, whether I've got time. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the UK Surf Show. We are your hosts. I'm Pete. And I'm Mitch. You're not Leighton. <laughs> I'm not Leighton, you're right. <laughs> you're but not Leighton. Yeah, about the same height and build, yeah? And what did Leighton say to you today when he uh, when he listened to the Sebastian Surfskate Academy episode? <laughs> Leighton said to me today that um, he said it was a bit like stalking an ex on Facebook and finding out that she's getting on better with her new man. <laughs> it's no fun at the start though, you know, I might taper out <laughs> once we're seven or eight episodes in. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's it, he'll be well happy listening to this then. Um, yeah, on today's episode we chat to Toby. Yeah, Toby, he set up this really cool adventure outdoor brand clothing brand all based around surfing and skating and motorbikes and and positive mental health and and that kind of stuff and toby is um an ex-marine he's ex-uk special forces and suffered some horrendous horrendous life-changing injuries um a guy that i've kind of recently got involved with and i've just been super inspired with the his positive outlook given the circumstances he's been through and the brand itself is just super cool you know it's not like some standard the cliche that i've seen for you know ex-military mates who have got clothing brands and it's you know flaming eagles and thumbing skulls yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not yeah. that at all it's like yeah. it's a proper serious brand it's really cool so yeah uh should probably give a little bit of background about toby as well before we yeah. start toby was in afghanistan is that right yeah, so Toby, I mean, yeah, I'm sure multiple tours like myself of Afghan and, and all the other places that come with it. Um, Toby, South African lad, you know, grew up um, into massively extreme sports and stuff. But yeah, he got really severely injured uh, on an op um, in Afghan back in, I think, 2009, I want to say. I was actually, I was in Afghan at the same time, actually. Um, and I'm sure he'll go into detail and the intricacies of, of, of what you can talk about and what happened to him specifically. Um, but it's, I, I would say, you know, brace yourself. It's, it's a very, uh, it's quite an extreme event. Yeah. You know? And I mean, this, this episode is for all, how do I explain it? For all the, the positivity that has come out of it, it, it does go quite dark in places as well. Um, so, you know, should put a trigger warning in about mental health and, you know, we, we've been running a mental health series and I think this will fit into part of it because he does go dark into depression and stuff that's happened to him. And it's understandable when you start yeah. hearing the story, you'll know why. But, and, and what an advocate for mental health, you know, and, and he uses, you know, he's he's one of them people who I think is using his own experience, regardless of how how horrendous it might have been, to to try and show um, the the positives that can be taken away. You know, such as human nature. He's such a strong willed person, yeah. and he's using that for good. And if I guess if you listen to this, and you have your own struggles and woes. Not that it's a point of comparison at all, but you know, if you can heed some of the advice that you know from what Toby's been through and how he manages to deal with his own gremlins and demons, then yeah, I hope you can take something away from it. Yeah, and 
also i do apologize if any of the audio jumps because i had an audio nightmare for a change <laughs> what is wrong with technology honestly i've, I've changed i've changed internet providers because i'm supposed to have like now super fast fiber broadband i don't know what i've got it's, it's a pile of crap Oh, like it cut off the way through. It's, it's, it's actually mine's amazing. It's perfect. Yeah, well, I don't have any dramas, but it must be the location you've got it installed. Oh yeah, yeah, it must be. I, I don't mean in your kitchen. I mean the location geographically. Oh yeah, yeah, like, oh yeah. What are you guys on dial-up still? Dial-up, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the carrier pigeon. Yes, carrier pigeon. Light the beacons. Yeah, like you were saying about brands. Then, like we, uh, we don't like talking about brands unless we you know really like them and two yeah. of the ones we really like see that nice little segue there <laughs> north core so if you want 15 percent off anything you uh, order from north core you can use the discount code ss2022 and that is valid till the 30th of june and from the 1st of july the code changes to ss podcast 15 and that is from the 1st of July until the 30th of September. So up until the 30th of June, SS2022 will get you 15% off anything you order from Northcore. Uh, perfect. And the other show sponsor is uh, Surface Wetsuits, which I've spoken about in the past. And they're offering 10% off, off anything on the website uh, using fully caps. The UK Surf Show 10, all caps, no spaces. And that will give you 10% off anything on the website. And talking of surface, I didn't realise, but like last time you were on, we were chatting to Sebastian from mm. the Surf Skate Academy, and well, you then told me afterwards how much. Well, we didn't really talk to him about surfing at all, to be honest. Which is, uh... I actually listened to that episode just a minute ago when I was in the gym, and I thought we. I think we spoke about surfing once, and it was just how childish like me and you get excited <laughs> when we catch a wave <laughs> yeah, Seb was a professional surfer as well yeah. Even touch on. <laughs> yeah but like I forgot my point that I was going to say now <laughs> I think you were going to say that he was a team rider for surface I'm guessing uh, that's where you yeah that's going. where I was going because you were telling me some of the things in the wetsuits is actually some of his input that have like things that have gone into the wetsuits as well oh for sure you know and it kind of goes back to the point about you know he just He's so intricate with the knowledge that he, he has and and how far he looks into stuff. You know, like for me, I think sometimes my opinion it, it, it takes me as much by surprise as it probably would the person I've said it to. Because if it's the first time I've ever said it, I'm like, where, did that, where did that come from? But actually, yeah. he genuinely knows from a deep level what he's on about. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and he swears by them. So it's, I've never tried one personally. So honestly, mate, I'd, I'd best. Yeah, I, I'm not saying it just because they're a sponsor of the show and like that is by far the best wetsuit I've tried. I put my summer one on in beginning of April yeah. and it's, I, I felt the other day, I went surfing the other day in it and I right. felt like I could have gone in in board shorts until I got out and realized my hands really? had gone numb. So it was like, it was, it was doing that much of a good job. So yeah, I can't recommend it. I mean, that's that's, that's a, fantastic. a great advert in itself, you know, but at the same time, I would always couple people's opinion. If, if them people, them, if you want to call them influencers, I hate that expression, but if you want to call them that people yeah. who are paid or given stuff to promote brands, I would always slightly question that opinion. If, yeah. if you know, if you're getting it for free, but I think, you know, again, personal perspective, I, I try and only, for that reason, actually, I try and only work with brands that I really genuinely love, yeah. you know. Um, but 
yeah. without trying it. It'd be hard for me to put a realistic, I think that's yeah. an amazing suit on that. No, yeah, we, we've had the same. We've had people approach us and ask if we wanted to be involved with their product. And uh, we've said no, because uh, it's shit. <laughs> without without naming anybody, no thanks, it's shit. Sometimes, sometimes stuff is just shit, and it's quite yeah. simple just to leave it at that. Do you know what, actually, you said you surfed the other day. I surfed in Saltburn. Yeah. Last week, I had two sessions last week. And um, the time before, I forgot my hood. So I had no choice. But then realized after a couple of duck dives, it's probably time, certainly enough, to get rid of the hoods. Happy with that. Gloves are now gone. I thought, you know what? I'm going to try and get rid of the boots when I went last week. <laughs> <laughs> instant, instant regret. It, it yeah. was horrendous. And I think I've lasted like an hour and a half. And then, because uh. I'm using. I'm using surf grip as opposed to wax, and that's grit yeah. with a D. And actually, I really love it. Yeah. Um, but for the yeah, you were telling me half, about this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for the other half, it was perfect. And then to the point where, you know, when I, I, I couldn't feel my feet anymore. So yeah. you, you feel just feel really like cumbersome and clunky. Yeah. I had to actually get out and put my boots on, and they went back to being amazing. But yeah, these grips, I've done, I don't know if you might have seen it in the past, but I've done a, a poll because I really wanted to look at putting i think there's there's a few other brands hex attraction rs pro i think there's another one yeah and i wanted them for my boards because most of my boards have my family tartan on so i want that artwork to be seen in this new board you know it's oh it's a a thing of beauty j surf boards it's absolutely stunning this board anyway i think i went into board barn to get some clear wax when i was in devon and he didn't have any and he said oh we've got this new stuff it's called a gripped again gripped with a d surf gripped yeah. And I said, to be honest, I've ran poles on these sort of things before, and I really don't like it. They're abrasive to wet, so it's everyone I've seen that uses it ends up waxing it anyway. So what's the point in the first place? And he yeah. kind of he just told me a little bit more about it, and I thought, you know what? Why not? I'll try it. And I think one well, that must have been three, four months ago, and I'm, I'm still on my boards now, and I'm genuinely loving it. Like it's been amazing. You, the board looks stunning. It's going to look new for the whole time I've got it on there. I did lose my thumbprints. Trying to push all the pads on. You imagine, that, the board I put it on was a five seven. Like, I was thinking, if I'd done that with a long board, like I'd be an amazing burglar now, as long as I just <laughs> used my thumbs. <laughs> but so, honestly, it's really good. Like I really like it. Well, yeah. Well, I think we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that and everything afterwards. But uh, yeah, yeah, we'll uh, chomp on with the show. Boom. Yeah. So uh, my name's Toby or Tobias. Um, don't really mind. Uh, I'm from South Africa. I was um, born and raised in South Africa, and I um, I decided at a certain age I want to come over and join the Royal Marines. Um, so I did that. Um, yeah, served for uh, a reasonable amount of time. Um, did some other things in my military career, and then um, unfortunately I was injured. Um, serving in Afghanistan, um, which left me paralyzed from the neck down, uh, which was pretty horrific. Right. Um, but since then, I've, uh, yeah, re, re sort of invented myself. And now I'm running my own business, um, called Bravery. And, uh, yeah, it's an extreme sports brand. Um, and it's all about surfing and, uh, motocross and skating um and it's just got a really cool message behind it yeah that's it sounds absolutely awesome i mean if we if we go from the start then so like before you were 
in Afghanistan, what sort of things were you what sort of things were you into then? What were you doing on a regular basis? Well, I mean, um, so I, when I was growing up in South Africa, I wasn't very um, I wasn't a very good child. It's quite a you know, I was quite naughty, and I was um, I was into my extreme sports massively um, growing up, and I was just one of those mischievous kids. You know, um, I hated school, uh, and all I wanted to do was go and uh, I don't know. Um, I couldn't wait to go down to the beach or um, get on the dirt bikes or go and do something else. So yeah, yeah I've always been being into extreme sports and South Africa is quite a different country in terms of, you know, you got the climate for it. So mm. yeah, outdoors a lot. And, um, yeah, most, most people are doing these kind of things and yeah, it's just a different culture, I guess. Um, but, uh, yeah, throughout my childhood, I actually, um, moved around a lot. Uh, and I ended up moving to California for, um, Oh, nice! For a while, yeah. Uh, can you believe it? I mean, oh. at the at the time, it didn't seem seem very nice because I don't know. I was at that age where I just um, I just made like a, some good mates. Um, I was about ten years old, um, yeah. and uh, I just made some like good mates. And that, um, so when I first knew I was moving to California, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't that stoked about it, if I'm honest. Um, but now, looking back, I mean, it's, oh, yeah, I mean, it must, it's a dream, isn't it, really? What an opportunity, yeah. Yes, sure. Yeah, exactly. You know, San Diego, here we come. Yeah. Um, you know, Pacific Beach. Yeah. yeah surf, mega, um, outdoors lifestyle. You'd lap it up, but, um, yeah. I guess it's hard to appreciate when you're that age what the opportunities you're presented. You know, like yourself, I moved around so much as a kid, and, and I actually – hated it i couldn't stand it you know you get a good group of friends and then boom they're gone and you're the new kid and for me that was just moving around scotland not not to another country where you speak different and like you know have a completely different culture about you Uh, yeah and that's how it was i hated it i hated it so i mean i moved to california and then with with uh, my parents or should i say my mom's workers which is my mom looking after us um then it was to the UK where I spent a little bit of time here. And obviously, that was new schools and yeah. they're not fitting in and all that. And then it was back to South Africa. Um, so, yeah, new school again, new peer group, new mates. So, so yeah, I never really, uh, yeah, I never really had, you know, like kind of like found my place in the world growing up so yeah i get you yeah i think natural just to keep moving you know um and that's really yeah in a nutshell i mean i became quite a problem child i guess because of it and um yeah i just started acting up and uh mm-hmm. I, yeah just acting up and causing trouble so and most of the time I was deliberately looking for trouble as well yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I think I think people go through that phase, you know, in their later teens as well. I, I think for me it was it was probably after I joined the army that I became just a proper dick. I think there was just a period of a few years where, you know, you, like you just said, looking for trouble. But when I look back now, I'm like, why? Like, what what was what was that about? What was the benefit for anyone? It was just there's no need to be like that. But I should, unfortunately, you know, your your childhood does 
play a huge part as to who you are. And I think that's equally part of growing, whether it's right or wrong. Yeah, huge, man. Um, I, th- I totally agree. You know, it's, it's, your childhood does play a massive role and, and having peers that are all your parents or just having role models in your life that are yeah. good, solid role models, um, it does make a massive difference. And I just didn't have any of that. So I had like no boundaries. No yeah. one really was like, you know, telling me what I can and can't do or more, more, more what I should or shouldn't be doing. Um, yeah. so I was just like on a free for all, you know, <laughs> yeah, it just sounds epic when you put it like that. <laughs> it didn't end well, man. It didn't end well. And, um, yeah, I got arrested a few times and, um, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just proper, oh, man, I just, yeah, I was a problem child all over. And in, in, in terms of the um, surfing stuff and the skating, when when, and kind of what got you into that? Were you surrounded by it when you were at home, when you were a kid? or? Well, yeah, I mean, at first, jeez, I mean, I was always, I was always into it growing up. But then when I, I think when I did move over to California, that's when it really, like, jumped up a notch. And then when I got back, eventually got back to New- to South Africa, then I just, you know, just run with it, not ran with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just like, yeah, this is what I want to do. This is what I love doing. And it was like my passions. I wasn't into the more conventional sports. So yeah. like, you know, rugby and uh, football and all these kind of things. Um, yeah. didn't, it just didn't really interest me, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get you, yeah. Yeah, I was more of a, I mean, I love nature and I love being outdoors and stuff and just being part of nature. I think it it was just like my go-to place if I was angry or upset um, mm. and just feeling like I couldn't cope. Um, yeah. I could just, yeah, go and get all that frustration and energy out um, and reset or recalibrate, you know what I mean? That's a really good way of putting it. You know, I, I wish I had that, that something that I know I have now when I was a kid, you know, surfing for me. We spoke about it, I think, last week, Tobes, that, you know, surfing for me is like, as cliche as it sounds, this life reset, you know, whether it be a good or a bad surf, I can come out the water mm-hmm. and still feel better for, just for having been in. And I didn't have any of that, like I've said before, you know, surfing when I grew up <laughs> was not a sport that it just wasn't a thing, you know. Uh, it's obviously getting bigger now, but if I, I think back, if I had something like that as a kid, that thing, that drives you, that, that passion, you know, like I have for it now. I think I'd be a different person now, to be fair. You'd still be a yeah, dick. No, I... <laughs> yeah, <it's true. laughs> I still have these piercing blue eyes, though. Yeah, no, no judgment there, mate. No judgment here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, you're right. I mean, it's, yeah, it wasn't good at all. Um, I don't know, I'd let, I suppose. But, um, hey, you know, um, yeah, I was very fortunate for, to have that. So that's really yeah. how, how I came to be in the extreme sports industry and world. And um, yeah, it was like, that's my passions. And that's why I started Bravery and, you know, my extreme sports brand. And I just wanted to continue that um, in some shape or form after yeah. my injury, you know. So that's why I started it, Bravery. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's all about that, you know, it's just a cool brand with a cool message. Yeah. So, um, yeah. A couple of questions that that I've got, and I mean, if at any point you want to tell me you don't want to answer that or to 
fuck off that's absolutely fine and you know we can cut that out whatever um first of all is would you mind saying what happened in afghanistan and uh how you how your life changed no not at all not at all i'm i'm happy to talk about it the only thing really i can't really talk about is sort of in-depth military yeah. detail that's the only thing really yeah and because obviously where I was in my career, I can't really say say what I was doing and and who I was with. If yeah, that makes sense. No, that's absolutely fine. But, that's fine. Yeah, but so, I mean, are, 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 sorry, Tobes, are you able to say the 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 unit you serve with or not? Uh no, no, that's, that's fine. That's yeah, man, and trust me, uh, unless you want a world of pain, <laughs> I mean, your guys way from uh, you know disclosure and the MOD. Trust me, I've done it before and it doesn't end well. Yeah, that's why I thought it was worth, worth asking now. Yeah, um, mate. down that rabbit hole, like I obviously understand. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a nightmare. And uh, yeah, they don't take candy too. So, um, but anyway, yeah. So uh, after it was, yeah. So my second tour in Afghanistan, I'm in... 2009, um, yeah, we, we got um, given a job um, and it was a crazy time in that 2009 period in Afghan. I don't know why, it was kicking off massively. Um, and yeah, we, we got assigned this job and we, we, were, we went out at night um, and it was, it was quite a long walk in. Um, at night uh, so when we got to the target it was pretty you know we were pretty knackered mm. uh, and um, yeah I mean we're, I mean I, we we set up we you know on a compound we went through the door and uh, yeah unfortunately um, the insurgents or the Taliban you know guys had already set up strategic sort of firing positions yeah. and we walked basically just straight into it. Um, me and three other guys and, uh, the guy behind me got shot, um, in the knee. Um, luckily the guy in front of me, um, didn't get hit, but unfortunately I took like the brunt of it, of mm-hmm. a burst of fire from a AK 47. Um, AK forty seven round seven six seven six two um, and one round went straight through my neck, um, shattered my spinal uh, spinal cord. You know, just hit straight to my spinal cord, and then the second round uh, ricocheted off the top or the side the side of my uh, Kevlar helmet, and um, yeah, saved my life really. Um, but obviously, that first round. Yeah, that first round did all the damage, mate. And, um, yeah, yeah just paralyzed me instantly from, what, from the neck down. What um, goes What goes through your head, like, in that moment when that's happening? Uh, well, to be honest, absolutely nothing because I was, yeah, I was out cold. Um, yeah, I was, it was so close to my head. My head had knocked me out cold. Um, right. Or it might have been the second round, to be fair, because even it hit the Kevlar helmet, it probably knock you out anyway. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's it's a high velocity round seven six two. It's not a five five six or anything mm. small. That's that's coming at you and over. I mean, he was only ten meters away, so yeah, that's that's going to knock you out anyway. But um, because the first round that entered my neck was so close to the base of my skull, it pretty much um, you know it was lights out instantly. Um, which is actually a blessing in disguise because oh, sure. from, yeah. from what I've been told from my mates, it's horrendous. Um, do you know what I mean? Oh, it was, um, yeah. Cause they had to get me out, you know, continue the firefights, um, yeah. don't lose momentum, so on and so forth. And you're presumably your first memories in, in Bastion Row three hospital. Well, not even in Bastion, mate. Um, no. so the guys, yeah, they pulled me out, man. Um, Patched me up, try to you know find the 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 entry wound and the exit wound. Um, try and pat, patch it with whatever they could find. Yeah, uh, they realised I still had a good radial pulse, uh, so they knew I was alive. Um, but yeah, then I went back to batch and and I was I was put into an induced coma straight away. Um, Wow. So, so yeah, I don't remember anything until actually waking up in Queen Elizabeth Hospital in the neuro RT ward after oh, being really? in it. Yeah, I was. I'd been in a coma for three months. Shit, man. Shit. After like four or yeah, three or four like heavy operations, man. Mm-hmm. Like you know, literally saved my life. Touch and go. Yeah, they couldn't do they couldn't do MRI scan because of the shrapnel or the pieces of bullets that were so close to my head. So there was, there was never this clear identifying fact that I was actually still, uh, you know, compass mentis or mm-hmm. that I wasn't just brain dead. You yeah. know, the body was going, but the mind was gone. Yeah. So waking me up out of a coma was a risk, man, because. Yeah, there was that 50-50 call. Do we just switch off the ventilator now and then pass away? You know, which is pretty... uh, Yeah, it's, you know, the... the, I don't know, I guess the kind thing to do. Or do we give him a chance? Do we give him that chance and see if he's still in there? uh, Luckily they did. Luckily they took the second option. uh, yeah, I woke up three months in a coma, after three months in a coma, and I was like, shit, oh, man, what the hell is going on? Yeah. But, yeah, that's, that was a crazy time, crazy, crazy time. How how do you pull – I don't know how to really word the question. How do you find the strength to pull – because I think a lot of people out there would be thinking of what you've just said would be like someone's worst nightmare – and how do you find the strength to get through something like that? Good question. Really good question. Um, I mean, first of all, I think you'd be surprised surprised how resilient humans are. Yeah. And um, you know, humans, humans just have this innate, it's like survival instinct, you know, um, mm. and you'll do whatever it takes um, to survive. But... Also, you know, all my military training and everything I'd been through um, had all been there to mentally push me to the to 
to, I guess, you know, do as well as I could and and, and be as, as tough as possible. So I had all these things on my side as well. Um, but, yeah, t- take nothing away. Um, when I woke up, I didn't know what to do, man. I was um, – I mean, at first I didn't even believe it, if I'm yeah. honest. I thought it was all some sort of um, just some nightmare um, and I was going to wake up at some point and um, still be in my um, accommodation in Kandahar or something, you know. Yeah. yeah. You, Toby, you know, when, when you when you woke up, was it – was it a clear memory when you woke up or did you have no idea? And did it take quite a bit of explaining as to what had happened and, you know, to understand how long you've been in a coma for? Yeah, it took quite a bit of, um, quite a lot of um, being explained to um, what had happened, uh, what was going on, because I was really confused, you know, the cocktail of drugs that I was on from these induced comas is like, uh, it's something else. Um, so yeah, I was quite confused, but um, after a few weeks, it starts to uh, it starts to really sink in that this yeah. is reality. And um, yeah, you got to start making a plan, you know. And um, it just yeah, how are you gonna ta- how are you gonna take on this challenge? I suppose. Um, yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong, actually, you know, that, that's a process that takes years and years and years. In fact, I'm still doing it now. Yeah. Um, you never really just, you know, just wake up one day and feel good and feel like, okay, I know what I'm going to do with my life and it's, everything's yeah. fine. And I not quite work for that. It, it's like a, it's just a process that you deal with day in, day out and you try and deal with it as best you can. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. You know, do you think going going back to talking about childhoods? I think there's probably some sort of correlation between those with a rough upbringing, but having a, a strong mental attitude that goes with it. I'm not saying if you don't have a, a, a rough upbringing, you can't have that, but there's definitely something goes goes along with that. I think you'll find a lot of people that are in the military have probably had a rough upbringing. Not everyone, but for sure. In my friend circles, that's always been a similar story, you know. It's, yeah, it's always that. I mean, it's, it's always. It's with the use the word cliche, but yeah, it does. It does seem to be a, like a trend, doesn't it? Um, yeah. You know, kids would sort of you struggle to find their place in the world, get drawn to the military or um, whatever that may be. You know, they're looking for something. I don't know. Um, yeah. Maybe it's a family or. They're missing something in their lives, but um, yeah, they do mm. tend to come from these kind of rough uh, backgrounds. Um, and I mean, I just thought, ah, here we go again, you know, it just never freaking ends. Um, yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Life is, yeah, to me, life has always been um, hard, life has always been tough, life yeah. has never been kind to me. Life has never shown me the nice side and the pretty mm-hmm. side. Um, don't get me wrong, there's been some good times. I'm not saying that, you know, every second of my life has been absolute dog shit. I'm just saying, you know, it's, it's yeah, it's not been a, yeah. it's not been an easy ride. Um, yeah. So, and what, I guess, yeah, this just into perfectly, I guess. Yeah. So I was going to say, so how long from from that point in your life until – 
coming up with bravery how what, what was the journey like to that and how did you get to that point because like you were saying then for someone who's had a hard life and a lot of things thrown at them I think you couldn't have picked a better name for the brand actually yeah I mean uh you know like everyone I'm just human and um I was going through a really, really bad, bad, bad patch. Um, and it was about, it must have been about three, three years after my injury. Mm. And I just, I just couldn't, I just couldn't get to grips with it, man. I just, I just felt like, you know, I lost my career. Um, I'd lost my identity. Um, I'd lost everything pretty much. Um, I'd lost my mates, my peers, my friends, everything. I just lost everything, and I was uh, I was really, really, really struggling. And um, I, it wasn't actually until my welfare officer, you know, um, my welfare team picked up that um, I was proper, you know, in a state of real bad depression, real yeah. bad depression. I'm not just talking like, you know, I'm struggling to get through the day. It was like, right, I've had enough. It's time. I want to, I want to, you know, switch the ventilator off. Um, I, I, that's me. I'm, I'm thrown in the towel kind of thing. Um, yeah. Which was hard in itself because I'd never, never done that in my life. Um, but it was something that I just felt all right, I've made my match. Um, mm. And uh, anyway, you know, the military uh, started getting me the help I needed um, and I was uh, admitted to a, to a special sort of psychiatric hospital and I started getting the help I need needed, um, started seeing professionals and talking to people um, and just learning a bit about actually what depression is, what uh, what it actually means, what's going on in your body, uh, and how your body's reacting. Um, and yeah, I just got to this point where it was a T junction in my life. You know, um, either I could go left and you know carry on the path I was down, which was to end it all, or go right and decide to pick myself up and make a damn good go of this, you know, and yeah. uh, just make the best of a bad situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that's when I thought, shit, man, that takes true bravery, you know. Um, that takes real bravery, not just your uh, running into firefights and, um, you know, because bravery comes in different shapes and forms. Everyone will have their own personal challenges and things. Um and it just dawned on me, you know, this was me being brave and being, yeah, just having the bravery to carry on. Yeah. And then I thought to myself, oh, I wonder if, how do I, how do I stay in, involved in the things that I love doing, you know? How do I stay in the surfing world and the extreme sports world and the bikes and stuff? And I figured, why not start a brand, you know? Yeah. Or bravery. Um because that is my story, you know. That's me being brave, and it's and it's about extreme sports, you know. <laughs> yeah. Don't know really, well, yeah. 
And I think the brand tobes, it's actually, you know, when when we spoke, I think it was about two or three weeks ago for the first time, um, like I was genuinely blown away by how much I loved the brand. And I'm not just saying that, you know, because we're on a podcast and whatever else, um, you know, I I wouldn't have got wanted to get involved the same way if I didn't like it, as I said to you. And I loved this stuff. But the more I read about the story, the more I seen the things that you guys are up to as a brand, like the 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 skating um, event you've done recently in um, Bristol, was it? Yeah, that's right. Just it just seemed like such a cool thing to be part of, you know. And it's not, as I was saying to to Pete before, it's not a typical ex-military clothing brand with flaming eagles and skulls (laughs) and burning crosses, you know. (laughs) It's actually really smart. Yeah, well, I didn't. That's exactly what I didn't want it to be. Mm. I was like, no, I don't want this to be another military brand that. Yeah, it's all skull and crossbones and, um, <laughs> uh, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, um, you know, like the Punisher vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly that. Yeah, that's exactly the one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was like, no, man. Um, that's for the sex toy business. The Punisher. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that like, that's, that's for shavery. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah, and it's so cliche as well. Um, it, it really is, yeah. <laughs> so... I just wanted to do something um, that was really cool and that I, I the, the kind of like and feel that I, I liked and that I, I used to enjoy wearing and that. And then, um, yeah, and just being involved in other other stuff that wasn't ex-military stuff, you know. It wasn't yeah. to do with the gym or, you know, some sort of boot camp uh, thing or um, – I don't know, some, some crazy uh, security f- yeah. or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to do something me and, and me, and this was it, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's yeah. that's. Do you know, when you were serving, Toby, I'm sure you'd be able to relate to this. For me, ever since I started surfing, or more to the point, ever since I took up surfing seriously, you know, it became a lifestyle. Anywhere I go with the army, any exercise course, whatever it might be, the first thing I look to do is, can I surf there? Yeah. I'm breaking. Okay, I know exactly. I'm going to go surf at Porth Call. I'll take some boards. You know, like everything for me still revolves around surfing, even on a military basis. <laughs> yeah, which is so cool because there's not a lot of people like that. Um, no. You know, I don't know. Well, from my experience in, in, the, in, the, in the military, in the Marines, and, um, you know, seeing other units and other Army regiments and the RAF and the Navy and whatever else, like, there's not a lot of people who are sort of military-focused and into extreme sports. It's, it's, a, it's quite a, well, it's a small demographic, put it that way. Um, is it, I get, it's surprising, actually, how often when I speak to other surfers for the first time or whatever, and, you know, they find out what I do as a job. Like, oh, wow, you're in the army. No it, way. Yeah, you, you can't surf and be in the army. That doesn't yeah, go hand yeah, in hand. Like there's yeah. not, there's, there, yeah, there isn't a walk of life. There isn't a, a background that a surfer comes from. You know what? I, I saved a guy's life in St. Andrews and the other guy that helped me was a gynecologist as a surfer. You know, that's yeah. not the stereotypical. That's, yeah. we all, it doesn't matter what you do, where you come from, as long as you enjoy it and you want to do it and you have a passion for it. That's what defines you, you is that, yeah. that sport. Yeah. 
I just and I, I hate stereotypes, man. Mm. That that is what I, I hated um, when I was in the Marines, and people would look at me like, oh, it's a bit of like one of those, you know, dudes who doesn't take anything seriously, and that um, because he uh, he goes off surfing on his weekends, or you know, and he goes looking for. Um, yeah, just random surfing spots and traveling by himself. He's a bit of a lone rider and that, but uh, I just yeah. didn't give a shit, to be honest. I was, yeah. No, I, I freaking love surfing. Honestly, it was still my out, you know, it was still my getaway, you know. Mm. If I come back off, I don't know, exercise or some, or you, or some operation or whatever, um, do you know what I mean? I just couldn't wait to. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah. Water, get be part of be part of nature again, be part of the real world. Yeah. Um, because it's, I just felt this calming, cooling effect coming over me, and I could. It was like decompression, man. Yeah, Do you know what sure, I mean? Yeah. That makes sense. I don't know if that makes sense. That, that calm and cooling feeling I get up here yeah. in the northeast is normally some <laughs> some brown fish floating about <laughs> from the surge pipes. <laughs> oh, mate. That warm feeling you get is normally the piss running down the inside of your le- wetsuit. <laughs> I, I do not piss in my wetsuit. I, I just want to make that clear. I just can't do it. I think it's yeah. disgusting. <laughs> I, I genuinely don't. Yeah. It's often a topic of conversation. I will get out. I will paddle 300 metres to get out to go for a piss and what? get in. Genuinely true. No, I tried it once. No, I think I've done it in bugs. France. I thought, I'm just going to have a piss in my wetsuit. And I felt it yeah. go up over my shoulder and down my chest. And I was like, nah, this, this ain't for me. <laughs> it's horrendous. I will go to that level of effort to go for a piss. Uh, I think me and Pete are on different wavelengths. Yeah. yeah. Pete's in his wetsuit. So, you know, I've got no surprise there. Hey, mate, in the deep winter, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, <laughs> this one's no. warm longer. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. It's gone there. <laughs> but yeah, those, those, um, I've certainly got good memories, man. Good, good memories, you know. Um, yeah. Little things like that, that, uh, yeah, just stick in your brain, you know. How do you, the th- like, the thing you used to love doing, like surfing, is yeah. is taken away from you. How how do you deal with that? Because I know a lot of people we speak to, they they do that thing of, like, uh, it's just great to be in the sea or it's just great to get out there and stuff like that. And, and for a lot of people, that is their mental health sanctuary or saviour, if you have, you know, if you say. And like you were saying, Growing up as a kid, stuff like that oh, yeah, yeah. really helped you. What do you do now to to? Well, that's uh, yeah. I mean, I still like miss it tremendously. Um, you know, it's it. Yeah, that pain never goes away. Yeah. Um, you just learn to live with it and deal with it, um, but it never leaves you. You know, every morning I wake up. Um, do you know the first thing I want to do is go outside and, and see what the weather's doing and, and mm. you know, whether I've got time. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's, uh, you just, you just learn to cope with it. Um, you learn little coping mechanisms along the way. Um, and I guess, I, you know, now, now I, uh, I do a lot of meditation. I do do a lot of meditation. Um, a lot of, and again, people might think that's, especially in the military or wherever, might think that's, you know, airy fairy stuff. But, yeah. um, no, it really helps, man. It really does. And it keeps me, it keeps me freaking sane, man. Um, yeah. if I'm honest, because if I didn't, 
I'd, I'd fucking lose my mind. Um, yeah. So just to take some deep breaths, to try and just um, acknowledge what your body's telling you, the frustrations, the anger, the uh, the rage, man, that uh, is telling you all those things like life's not fair, you know, uh, and why me? Why did this have to happen to me and all that? You just got to somehow just accept it um, and and just try and find that, that peace, you know, when you're out there in the surf and, and mm. it's quiet um, and you kind of got that swell, you pass the breakers, you pass all the breakers and you just got the swell um, and it's pretty calm. Yeah, I try to... I try and get to that place, you know, in my head. Yeah. And yeah. then it just, I don't know, it reabsorbs yeah. all the anger and I can just shake it off and then. That's the, yeah, it's definitely, it is definitely a reachable place through meditation. Yeah, and then I can sort of have like a little bit of a regroup, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. But don't get me wrong, it's not every day I'm able to even reach that point, you know. Um, I said at the beginning, I'm only human and... Sometimes it's, yeah, sometimes yeah. you don't reach that point, but you've got to try and you got to find, find something, you know. I think that's the thing. You know, when people talk about personal mental health, they almost make out as if it's an absolute even line sort of playing field, but actually it's so up and down. It's so curved. Like it's not a competition between how bad, you, you know, one person's got it to the next person. Somebody might have minimal problems, but they might not be very good at coping so, in, you know, in their head, they're in a much worse space than somebody who's physically worse off. Like, the, the battle's just with yourself. And I, I think in the, the times we've spoke to, we have, I've genuinely been blown away with your outlook, you know, and the way you, you deal with what you have going on. And you always seem like a super busy guy. You know, you've always got something going on as well. And it's always something really cool and fun and vibing. Maybe yeah. that's our that's cope, mate. You know what I mean? Uh, mm. Keep busy. Maybe, maybe, yeah. There, there's a part of me that just stays distracted because otherwise my demons would just eat me up, man. Yeah. You know, so maybe, yeah. yeah. Um, but you're right. You're totally right. You know, uh, mental health or, or people's problems are so personal um, and individual to that person. Um, there's no way. Yeah, I get a lot of people who say to me, oh, yeah, Tobes, you know, your problems seem so much bigger than mine and it makes me feel so bad and it makes me feel worse about myself, if mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, because my problems yeah. seem so trivial. I'm like, dude, it's not about that. It doesn't work like that. It totally doesn't work like that. Um, you can't, it's, yeah, we're not on sort of, yeah, parallel lines here and it's no, for sure. nothing like that at all. you got to think of it as, your your own thing is is your own Mount Everest, you know. Um, I guess at the same time, you know, if 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 somebody's struggling personally with mental health and they're able to look at someone else who seems to have worse problems, and they're able to use that as, well, do you know what? My problems don't seem as bad. If somebody can have the takeaway from that, that puts them in a better frame of mind or a better place. It's definitely not a bad thing. Um, no, it's not, it's not healthy, is it? Comparing your, your your problems to other people, I think. Yeah, I'm probably hugely guilty of that. Even though I think I understand that, you know, having 
household I grew up in, um, my mum had cancer for 30 years and, and I think she had seven different types of cancer my whole childhood. And, and actually, as of a couple of days ago, was uh, the one year anniversary of her, her, her passing from you know, cancer finally got her. But she fought that for 30 years, seven different types of cancer. So, you know, I, I get diagnosed with Crohn's disease after uh, he- Afghan, my last Afghan tour, um, and surfing really helped me with that. But I never really complain about it, even when it's really bad, because because of what I grew up with, you know. When I put it in my head, there's a point of comparison. Not that I sit and compare it. I'm sitting thinking, well, Crohn's, what, so I shit blood 40 times a day sometimes, you know, I have a man period. That's nothing on having cancer. So that's, I don't think that's a, a, a bad, <clears throat> excuse me, way of looking at it from a personal perspective, but at the same time, if you try to turn it into a competition, it's probably not equally healthy. No, that's, yeah, that's um, exactly what we're talking about. It's, um, I guess, I guess I just don't like people thinking that, uh, yeah, putting that comparison in, um, Mm. putting themselves down because their problems are not the same as my problems, you know? Um, yeah. 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 Do you think do you think that you it was easier to get sorry going way back to something you said earlier um when you said you got help for like you know depression and everything that. Do you think it was easier to get help for, help for depression uh, that the situations you were in that you knew they knew you know you'd been paralyzed and he's going to need help with this or did you have to fight hard still like cuz there's so many people out there that have had stories of depression and you know, different mental illness or mental health issues have to fight so, so hard to get the help they need. Did, was it, do you think it was easier for you to do that that way or was it, did you have to fight just as hard? Yeah, I did have to fight hard. Um, I think I was fortunate that I had people, you know, the military sort of keeping a close eye on me and things. Um, but I still had to fight hard to try and find that funding um, and, and find yeah, the help that I needed. Uh, so yeah, well, it was tough. It was tough. Yeah. Um, but it's, the help is out there. I think the system, the system's just a little bit broken. Um, or maybe that's the wrong term. I, don't I know. think the but, system um, needs to catch up. I think is, uh, is what, yeah, yeah. it yeah. does need to catch up, you know, um, sometimes the writing's on the wall and, uh, there's no one there to, to yeah, to sort of, acknowledge that and catch these people before it turns into, you know, even worse. Um, mm-hmm. And if I think my business head on, um, you know, the NHS could probably save themselves a lot of money by catching these things early, yeah. you know, before people need to be admitted to hospital or uh, have, you know, try and harm themselves and end up in hospital for months and months or yeah. weeks or whatever, you know. Sometimes the writing's on the wall long before that. Um, yeah. So maybe, maybe the, yeah, the social um, system and, and just the whole thing is, uh, yeah, just a little bit um, far behind. Maybe it's a little, yeah, just far, far I think, the, you know, the thing with mental health is it's something that's always frustrated me. And I know we're sort of going through May's been a mental health month, and that's great that we're able to you know, have a month to dedicate or whatever to that. But the fact that you dedicate a time period, a day, a week, a month, whatever it is, one, yeah, it's good because you highlight the, the, the thing. But two, it should just be a constant. You know, if you're if you're an employer, whichever business you run, if you're an employer, 
you ensure that that place of work is a safe environment. You ensure the practices for that the staff you employ are safe and no one's going to get hurt doing it. But what we don't do, we don't include the mental health aspect, which I don't know if you work in the NHS, for example, what you have to deal with trauma-wise on a daily basis. Is that infrastructure there from the start, you know, from the very start when we're talking about risk? Is mental health included within that? Probably not. Exactly like you've just said, Toby, I think it's more an afterthought as to, well, this person is now, you know, reaching out. Whereas had it been written in from the start, maybe it wouldn't have got to that point. It's my personal thoughts, but I kind of think it's so far behind hmm. in society. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't really know, but I mean, I, I, if I, I would love to, uh, you know, have a place where, yeah, um, I'd like to look after the, if I have got to a place where I had loads of employees in, in bravery and in the business. Yeah. You know, they're all happy to come to work. I want them to be amped and fired up to come to work and being like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm stoked to be here. Um, and mm. I think you get the best out of people, uh, you know, when there's that kind of environment. Um, 100%, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, yeah, they're, it just gets the creative juices going. And um, I don't know, it just makes a good environment to be around and, you know, positive people and happy people, yeah. Definitely. So if I if I you know, um, that's the kind of place I'd love to, uh, yeah, I'd love to run, you know. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And how, Toby, how big is the um, the bravery team? Is it just yourself or? No, I've got a few employees. Uh, yeah, just a team of about three or four of us now. Um, but a lot of the stuff I outsource, um, uh-huh. different consultants. And, um, sometimes I'll, I'll outsource to graphic designers or, um, I mean, I'm running a few good collabs and stuff like that. So, yeah. Things like that, but you know, Burby is really small at the moment. But um, I wanted to get bigger and bigger. And, um, yeah. Uh, just yeah, I wanted to get out there, man. Um, well, man, I've I've seen the social media. Like you're you're already doing really well for yourself. Anyway, like the the co- I mean, outside of the brand being really cool, the the content is it Ben? Is it Ben that does your filmmaking and photography? Yeah, yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, I've spoke to Ben a few times. Like I'm, I'm I'm always blown away when I see the content he puts out. I'm like, as an amateur filmmaker myself, I'm like, that's in my head what I think my content looks like, but I know it doesn't. <laughs> that's what I'm striving <laughs> to. You know, it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, he's done it again. And when I surf, I think I look like Kelly Slater, but you know, we've all we've all got a dream. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> that, that's it yeah but now yeah ben's ben's a great guy and he does do a lot of content but you know he's um i mean we we talk a lot about what we're talking about now you know um being in a in a healthy uh mind space when we do business you know um, yeah. yeah if we're not feeling good in ourselves it's hard to get especially when you're doing creative stuff and creative content, um, mm-hmm. yeah. you could be in the right sort of mindset. And, um, sometimes, sometimes it just takes a little bit of time to go away and I don't know. Yeah. Do yeah. something you enjoy, like motorbikes or surf, skate, um, just be, just be around some other people and then, um, yeah, come back when you're feeling yeah. like, like frame of mind, but yeah, he's, he's a really cool dude, and we like to work like that, and we work really well together like that as yeah. well. Whenever we're together, we try and um, stay positive and stay amped, and 
you know, we always look at really cool videos before and we'll watch, you know, surf videos and try and get good ideas. You just yeah. basically watch my Instagram, is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a cool guy. <laughs> Check this dude out. Yeah. Oh, what a tool. Speaking of doing cool stuff, um, I saw your post from the weekend. Do you want to tell the listeners of the entire world um, what you were up to at the weekend? Oh yeah, the um, distinguished gentleman's ride. Yeah, that, it sounds yeah. epic. But... Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a charity for men's mental health and for prostate cancer. Um, and I think it actually started. Well, it's, a, it's an international charity now, and they do it all over the world. Um, and it's just you know grown legs. And then it, it's here in the UK, and they they uh, they do this ride out every year. Um, and they do it in different parts of the country, in different parts of the country every year as well. And uh, basically, yeah, they raise money for, for mental health and uh, for prostate cancer, uh, which I think is really cool. Um, yeah, definitely. It's on their bikes, and um, we all dress up as, uh, well, distinguished gentlemen, I suppose. Oh, um, it's, it's all like tweed and corduroy, is it, I'm guessing? Yeah, yeah you try and be, <laughs> you know, just out there and as charismatic as possible, you know, the yeah. more English, the more attention you can get and, you know, the better, um, which is really cool. But it's such a fun day and, uh, and yeah, it's just such a fun day. So, so yeah. on Sunday, I, I saw you strapped that. into a sidecar like a Bond villain. <laughs> you just cut on about. <laughs> looked amazing. Yeah, which is pretty cool. I mean, I had a, I have a really good friend, ex-colleague I used to work with. Yeah. He's also out now. But um, me and him, we're, we're on pretty similar wavelengths when it comes to surf, skate, mm. bikes, um, this sort of stuff. So we always had this idea of building me a sidecar um, since my injury. Uh, and the more we looked into it, no one's ever done it before for someone with my level of injury, which okay, fascinating. Anyway... We just took on the challenge and decided, yeah, let's do this. And we did it. Yeah, we built this thing and um, it just, yeah, so it's great. And it gets me out there. Um, it keeps me involved, like I said, you know. Um, yeah. It keeps me involved with the sport, the culture, the people, friends. And that, that helps me in life. It makes me realize that life is still worth living, you know, and um, – there's still plenty of ways to do things. You just mm-hmm. gotta, you just gotta think a little bit outside the box, you know. Um, yeah, just think outside the box. Um, and sure, it might not be what you expected, and it might not be what it was before, but you know, that's life. That's that's life. You know, just just enjoy the ride, man. Just enjoy the ride. I think you're a great advocate for for the things you've got going on and for for mental health, man. It's it's actually really endearing to to hear your output and outlook on, on everything you've had going on, man. Well, you know, it's been a real, real pleasure doing this and talking about surfing and talking about, I don't know, just the, the lifestyle of surfing and culture and, um, yeah, just getting more into the scene, doing more with bravery, doing more with you guys. It's been awesome. Um, well, like I said, you know, um, Bravery is an extreme sports brand. Uh, I, you know, I wanted to grow. Um, we've got clothing um, and we're working. We're working our way into 
bits of equipment and uh, got some great collabs coming out um, with some surfboard shapers. So we'll hopefully have bravery surfboards out. Um, what else? Yeah, we're doing, you know, skateboard decks, our own, you know, bravery skateboard decks made from one of the best manufacturers in the world. Um, and just all things like that. But yeah, we're just growing the brand slowly and surely. Um, and hopefully we'll, um, have some outlets, our own outlets, you know, um, soon bravery, actual bravery shops where people can come in and chill out and watch them surf on the telly and, uh, nice. You know, you can have a coffee or something and yeah. uh, just browse through the stuff and chat to people. It's almost like a hangout, you know what I mean? More than yeah, no, I get that, yeah. <laughs> um, I like them kind of shops. Yeah, where you can hang out and there's some couches where you can just, I don't know, max out and, I don't know, your kids and whatever can come in and have a look around. And, uh, yeah, there's more to do than just shop, I guess. Um, oh, I totally feel the vibe of that, mate. I, you know, yeah. I used to um, fire the one o'clock gun up at Edinburgh Castle on my last posting. And in the morning, I'd go get myself set up. And then obviously, I'm waiting till one o'clock. Um, so Finisterre opened a store in Edinburgh. And it was the same sort of thing. You know, they would do like at yoga days and, and yeah. local musicians and stuff. So I would just go hang out in the store. So that's that kind it. of vibe, I, I'm all about that in a, in a sort of surf skate shop. I think that's super cool, man. Yeah, so that's that's where I see bravery, and then um, hopefully we just get a um, you know a great following. Um, I suppose now's my time to plug. Um, yes. <laughs> guys, follow us. Follow bravery on Instagram at bravery underscore org. No, that's wrong. Sorry. Um, it's UK, is it? I think it's UK. Bravery underscore UK. Yeah, correct. Um, and then it's on Facebook. It's bravery organization. Um, so those are the two main platforms we use um, for bravery, the brand, um, the websites. If anyone's interested in checking it out and finding out more about the story and what we're about, uh, go to www.bravery.org.uk and you can, yeah, uh, fill your boots, man. Check it out. Um, but also... Um, you know, just with my story, I've got my autobiography coming out soon. Um, and there's a lot more in that book. It's actually out on the 1st of September, but you can pre-order it now on Amazon and Waterstones. If you just go to, well, yeah, Amazon and Waterstones and um, type in Toby Gutridge, Never Will I Die, which is the title of the book. Um, yeah, you can get on pre-order and I talk a lot more about uh, just in depth on what we've discussed today, my childhood, um, my military career, uh, where, I, where I was based, what I was doing when I was shot. Um, don't worry, it's all been passed by disclosure um, <laughs> this time. Uh, yeah. um, it's a wicked, yeah, it should be good. And I hope it's really going to help a lot of people in terms of just, you know, um, showing people that no matter how bad it gets, um, you know, the sun will rise tomorrow and that's worth waiting for, you know. A hundred percent, a hundred percent agree with that. You know what, that might be the most professional plug I've ever held on the UK surf show. <laughs> I don't think there's ever been anyone on with a book before <laughs> coming out. Oh, and Pete, um, 
I I did jack up a um, a discount code for your listeners, mate. If your listeners go onto Bravery's website, uh, bravery.org.uk, and uh, if they type in the code at checkout, B Surf one zero, they'll get ten percent off um, off anything uh, anything you sell. So um, yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. That's fantastic. Yeah. Cheers for that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. I mean, that's your pleasure. we've, we've been running a, uh, starting to run a mental health series as well. And I think a lot of what you've spoken about today will go into, in link in with that series as well, because the things that you've had to overcome and the place you are now is just a phenomenal inspiring and just I don't know I just I I don't know how like I said I don't know how you find the strength to do it and I'm just in complete awe I really appreciate that Pete yeah Um, you know uh, if there's just a little bit of advice I could give people or your listeners you know it's just keep doing what you love um, get out there get involved in the surf um it's awesome and um yeah um just be yourselves and and yeah just be yourselves thanks for that toby that was that was just another mind-blowing i I, like i said i don't know how like i don't know how you just i I just don't know (laughs) i don't know mitch i just don't know this has been one of them like being speechless is probably the right thing to do like not trying to find the words not trying to be clever funny or you know overanalyze like I, yeah. i'm genuinely you know i guess i live in this same world um similar world as toby and i'm around you know injured ex-veterans and and still serving and but when you hear a story from someone that you've never met that's that intense and that that level of of pain and 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 you know everything that goes with it yeah. um, in your mind space and stuff from you know as it were the horse's mouth but to show that adversity and you know doing something positive with your life where you could have like toby said many times you you know you wake up on days and just want wishes that machine had been switched off yeah and to get to where he's got to i, I think that's it's honestly for me that's hugely inspirational i think if more people could have a, a, a such a positive outlook on life like that you know the world would be a nicer place to be i think yeah definitely i mean i i actually don't have words to like but like i said to him at the end i was i you know it's i know a lot of people don't like to hear the words that it's inspiring but it is inspiring to see mm. someone that's been had their whole life turned upside down and is still at that point where they're going, I'm not just going to sit here, I'm going to do something. And I, I, I've got ideas and I'm going to make them come, you know, come true. And yeah, what he's doing is fantastic. And I mean, like you said, I saw the t-shirt you were wearing earlier before the, uh, before the internet decided it wasn't playing mm. anymore and uh, <laughs> cut me out. But those t-shirts, I'm a bit jealous that he sent you t-shirts and he hadn't sent me one, you know. Well, they don't do them big enough. What a prank! <laughs> I, mean your, I mean, for your ego, obviously. All oh, right, yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, um, do you know what though? To go back to something I quoted from Toby at the start 
of the show, um, you know, now that people have heard Toby's story, you know, it's on his T-shirts. There's a quote I took from Toby and I will now use. It remind you that he said that, you know, falling down is an accident, staying down is a choice. Yeah. Now that you've heard the story, that, that you know, that one-liner, I just, that means, that means a lot, I think. Yeah. You yeah. know, it tells the thing about him. Yeah, it's just... It's absolutely mad. And, you know, like I said to him afterwards when we were chatting for a bit, like, um, it's something like surfability is something that he could get into. And he said, you know, because of the ventilator, it can't go in water and stuff like that. And, I mean, there's got to be technology out there that is around where they can move that forwards now, surely, for, like, for things like that. Well, I suspect if there's somebody that's going to make that happen, it's probably Toby. You know, yeah. he's, he, obviously that's something he's aspiring to get to. You know, he was told that going in a sidecar on a motorbike, that's not going to happen. He's already yeah. made that happen. Guess what? He's obviously a doer. He's going to. So I think if, if if somebody can make that happen, that's probably the man. Yeah. Yeah. It just keeps knocking on those doors. Yeah. But, you know, Toby, he still goes to the surf spots and he still watches people surf, which is amazing. And that gives him, you know, it gives him that sense of, still being part of it which i think yeah. is amazing like you can stoke for other people surfing which is i think is great yeah and that what he said like that meditation where that meditation is and like when we started this podcast we we tried to describe that feeling that you get mm. and you know that when you like you said you're out past the breaking waves and you just sat there and it's it's peaceful yeah that, you know if everyone could meditate to that level like you said he can't reach it all the time but sometimes he can if people could meditate to that level i think more people would do it yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think when I get past the breaking waves, that clean up set still comes and gets me. So <laughs> always looking for me. You, you don't get past the breaking waves because you're too excited to be on the waves. <laughs> <laughs> I probably injure myself being so stoked. Yeah. But do you know what? A good mate of mine, another army surfer, Alex Mason. We done a Hebrides trip um, a couple of years ago, and it was a long drive. Most of them came from Newquay to drive to, you know, the North Islands in Scotland. Yeah. And when we finally got to this, this, this break, like everybody was like super stoked in the van. You can imagine it was properly cranking and Alex, the pillow, I like to call him. He, um, he was stoking so much and jumping around like a kid. He actually crooked his neck. He got got a trap there for his neck and he couldn't move his head. (laughs) He had to sit in the van while we all went out and stuff for about two days. He was devastated. I've never known anyone to get an injury from stoke. (laughs) I've got, I've got, I've got one. I've got one like that. My mate Chris, who I've mentioned before, not yeah. Logfin Chris, different guy. Um, that we had loads of stories about his surfing antics and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, he went mountain biking once, and he got out the car, got on his bike, fell off his bike in the car park, and broke his collarbone. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know they're out there. The stories. The kind of conversation we had recently, Pete. Um, you you mentioned something to me, I, I guess, which was based on something I said as a a passing comment, and you were blown away the fact that you know I've been on the show as a guest, and it never came up as a point of conversation. And I think the reason for that is that I don't. You know, I, I got away with it. I was, I guess, one of the lucky ones. So I don't use it as a, a thing to play on in my own head. But for mental health, it's definitely something that crosses my mind every now and again. And and you said to me, you know, <laughs> I've been looking at your social media and, and, and like, you're obviously a very beautiful person. Someday I look up to and, and you're absolutely amazing. And I want to be you, you in every way, shape and form. Have you been dreaming about me again? What are things I said to you? Because um, I've never said that in my life. <laughs> that's, that's how I remember it. All right. You, you, also, you said... 
You, yeah. I know exactly what you're going to say. You're going to say what happened in Afghanistan, aren't you? And you never mentioned it on the show. Yeah. Yeah. So I will relay this conversation because you and me were having a conversation on the phone. You were saying it, how beautiful it was. Yeah. Okay. If that's what you took, if that's what you took from our conversation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just out of nowhere, you dropped in. Oh yeah. When I was in Afghanistan and I stood on an IED and I was like, and then you carried on talking and I was like, you did what? <laughs> and you're like oh yeah yeah i was like you never mentioned that when you were on the show as a guest and to me that's a fucking massive deal that would like that's something that i would not i don't know if the words where with pride is but you know that is something that would come up in a, if i'm telling a story about myself i think to, to be honest, you know, we were so busy talking about um, Red Leicester and Chorizo Toasties from the Toasty Shack. Oh, yeah. Cheese Toasty Shack, you got it in. Cheese oh, Toasty yeah, Shack. That's three in a row. <laughs> you but Toasties to, for life. <laughs> like, I, don't get me wrong, I recognise that is a big moment, but at the same time, I'm a realist, and I think as I've said before, I think I said last time, like I am way too emotionally retarded to let things where I can play on my mind, and I, I, I realise that you know, I've seen enough people stand on IDs and they, they've gone off. I spent five minutes, stood on one, waiting for it to go off after being in a massive contact, a firefight. And, uh, yeah, I just had to wait for everyone to get out of the way, get into cover, and then I took the decision to to step off it. We assumed it was a pressure release, meaning that it's not when you stand on it, it goes off. You stand on it, it kind of activates, if you like. It's when you step off it, when the pressure releases, that's when the, the device would um, would detonate. So it just told everyone to get into cover, and yeah, it was there for like five minutes. But had I not stepped off it, I was just a massive sniper target, um, a free-for-all, really. So, you know, how, does, how does that play on your... Do you still think about that? Not in a. I don't. I don't think how it could have been because I can't. I can't change that. And, and thinking about it like that doesn't. It's not helpful either. Yeah. The thing that I found interesting is that for people that go through extreme moments of duress, you know, the things like I don't know, prior to a massive car crash, something like that, when yeah. you see it coming, I've so often heard people talk about how you know they see the life flash before their eyes, yeah. and I remember being stood on that, and it wasn't when I stood on it. It was. It was when I knew I was about to step off it, you know, and I was fully expecting it to go off. All I remember thinking was, oh, please just make it quick and don't hurt. That's all I remember thinking. There was no there was no fight for life. Like There was nothing I could do. There was no, like, running and trying to escape. There was just a step off it and see see what happens, you know, and that was my choice. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's, so, so I call bullshit on the... My life flashed before my eyes. <laughs> maybe, maybe you just had a shit life, and uh, <laughs> there's nothing to flash. Maybe, maybe it flashed that quick. <laughs> that was uh, the problem. Yeah, it was all right. Should I, I, I tell you a curveball on that? Mm. When uh, apparently they say that, don't they? That when you die, your life flashes before your eyes. Right. Have you ever thought about it in the terms of you're actually dying at the moment, and this is your life flashing before your eyes? <laughs> if if my life flashing before my eyes involves three hours of recording audio with you, <laughs> then, then I, I want it to be quick and painful. <laughs> Maybe this is the IED going off. <laughs> oh fucking hell! God, so, all right. Yeah, so anyway. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't sort of play on that stuff. But what I, I will say out of that is that actually at the end of that tour is when I got diagnosed with Crohn's disease as well. 
yeah, and tying that into surfing, all of them things, if we go back to, you know, cliches as to why people surf. But for me, because I got diagnosed at Crohn's at the same time I started surfing, literally after that last um, Afghan tour. Yeah. Um, they kind of go hand in hand. So for me, surfing came along at the time I got diagnosed. And, you know, as I've said many times, cliche, yes. But surfing for me is that life reset. Yeah. So when it is shit or it is rubbish or I'm struggling in any way, shape or form, then, you know, having that, even just the want to go surfing, not even if I'm able to, there might be no surf. But that for me in my headspace is everything. And it's weird. It's such a strange thing that, there's not many things can give you that, you know, like there's nothing like for me spending time with, with my kids in special K. I, 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 that's amazing. Yeah. The thing that in your own headspace that surfing's able to give me is, is I, I can't even put it into words, you know, it's just, I've never had nothing like that in my life. Yeah. Um, you know, regardless of ability, I'll tell you, there's nobody that we can all argue. There's nobody that stokes in the water as much as me, <laughs> at least in my head. I'm sure there, there probably is, but I would like to think everyone thinks the same. You know, I don't just go there and be miserable and surf and get annoyed yeah. and get angry. I, I take something away from it, you know, like for for life. I mean, and for myself. Yeah, I mean, I went I went surfing the other day and I was having the shittest of shit days, mm. like for a long time, and I went in the surf. And I just had that feeling of everything washed away and I came oh, out yeah. feeling better. And, you know, I just felt great when I got out. Then my phone went off and I was in a fucking foul mood again. <laughs> yeah, back to reality, isn't it? Yeah, That's yeah, it. yeah. We've got, we've also, so Toby gave us that discount code that he read out and Mitch is going to read that one out again. Yeah, so there's another surf, uh, a discount code for um, the Bravery UK website, which is BSurf10, so all uppercase, and that's to spell it, Bravo Sierra Uniform Romeo Foxtrot 1-0, and that will give you 10% off on the Bravery UK website. Yeah, and also we were talking about the uh, grip beforehand, before we went into this, and um, yeah. You totally rate the stuff and say it's amazing. Like like yourself, I've heard things off people before saying like, you know, they're always mm. really abrasive. They're more like grip tape of a skateboard. They rip your wetsuit up. It's Absolutely. like shit. They don't want to try it. You've How long have you been using this stuff for well, now? I've been, I've been using surf grip. For th- it's about three months now, actually, yeah. on my new little tiny shortboard. And honestly, that's the thing. I, that's why I didn't want it because I was hearing it was – too hard, too aggressive, and it was damaging the fronts of wetsuits. It wasn't grippy enough through more aggressive turns, and people were just waxing their boards. So yeah. I didn't want it. And then when I saw this stuff, I, um, I, I felt it was a lot softer, actually. It was the first thing I noticed. It was super soft in comparison. I thought, you know what? I'll give it a go. And I, I'm not, I've not looked back. I've actually I spoke to, um, to to Grip, the company, today. Um, I think I'm going to do all my boards now um, in and sort of do away with wax completely. That's how much I like it. What's um, um, what's price comparison like between that and the others? I, think, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to guess price. Um, I don't know. I think these ones are cheaper without checking than, than the other ones. But I guess if you think about it in longevity, you know, how often are you replacing a bar of wax? I don't know. I, I go through wax quite a bit, to be fair. Yeah. Mainly because, you know, where I surf, the, the minerals in the water makes your wax go black. You want to try surfing a fucking longboard then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So to be fair, the water's filthy down where you surf as well, isn't it? Uh, no, it's not um, too bad. Oh, was, you well, 
Yeah, that's because you were in it. <laughs> um, so I think I'm going to do all my boards in it and do away with wax completely. So I really, I actually really like it. Um, and I've not had any dramas with it at all. Uh, yeah. It's weird. When you put it on, it like to touch, it doesn't feel that sticky. Do a wet hand, it doesn't feel that sticky. But what I've realized is it's when you're weighted, when your yeah. weight's on the board or on the grip, that's when it really comes into its own. And I think that's probably the point of difference as to why it's not seemingly damaging wetsuits the way the other ones were. So when you're just lying paddling about and you're moving, your, your yeah. wetsuit front is constantly getting pulled on and it, it doesn't doesn't seem to be the case with this one. So oh, that's correct. cool. So, yeah, you've got a personal discount code for them, haven't you? Sure do. So if anyone's interested in checking it out, so um, the discount code is SCOTTISH10. Uh, that's all uppercase. That will give you 10% off on the products. Um, go on the website, check them out, see what they're all about. Um, it's a UK-based brand as well, uh, which I'm all about supporting um, home talent and home stuff. Um, and yeah, it's, like I say, I swear by it, everyone's experience is going to be different. But it's, if you're looking to stop using wax, there's also, without going into too much detail, um, the like non-PVC backing. Um, so they're trying to be as sustainable as they can be still making it work of course yeah um so i'm not going to say it's a fully sustainable product but it's um they're, they're trying very hard to get to that that level so check yeah. it out yeah surf gripped with a d cool all right man well thank you again for toby for coming on today and i mean you know read his book like if you like what you've heard his book's coming out soon and i'll put a link to that on the website as well um, as he said, you can pre-order it, and it's just a phenomenal story. Which I, I like. I'm just like I'm still struggling to put into words how how good he just struggling. Yeah, yeah it's, I don't know what to say. It was just, it was something to hear. It really was. Yeah, yeah. All right. So on uh, on that note, until the next time. Bye. To- care of yourselves and each other oh you didn't do it why did you do it bloody peeps oh why no matter how bad it gets um you know the sun will rise tomorrow and that's worth waiting for you know